Fuck this shit. FPL is back. On to the semis, my man. Yeah, semis, a.k.a. who gives a fuck, FPL's open. FPL is open. We're going to spend, I think, probably around 20 minutes on Fantasy World Cup, talk about our teams, talk about the semis, answer some questions, and the rest of the fucking pod is going to be FPL. Yep. Just reaction to the game opening, et cetera, et cetera. So we finished the quarters on 59 points. We got our septuple clean sheet with Pickford on the bench. Coutinho are only attacking return, but we went up 7K places. We're 3K overall in the world. Not not too bad. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, shout out the league leader so far, Luda and Chumside, tied on top of the FMLPL World Cup League. Also wanted to shout out producer Nate in sixth in the FMLPL League, but he's 63rd rank overall in the world. So, like, yeah, our, our league does not fuck around. Shout out yeah, to Nate. That's pretty- that's pretty insane to be top 100 and only be six in our little shitty ass mini league. Yeah, you know that that's hardcore people. Hardcore well, what's ranks. Luda right now overall? Let me check. Thought I saw him in Slack saying he like fucked He's up. He's 12. Ugh. Okay. Yeah, he went down. He was single digits, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was like third or fifth or something. What did he do here? Oh God, he had 47 points. Mm. Oh my god, he went with all these fucking he went three triple Croatian defense. And Granquist. Oh man. Luda. Bro. Hedge, hedge merchant. Hedge merchant. Oh, if he went with all the cleans, he might be like number one. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, what what's what else is happening? Shout out to blah 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 That's blah it. blah. That's it. That's the only housekeeping for World Cup. Okay, so sweet. where would you like to start? Um, I mean, it's coming home, so we should talk about England, England I guess. England is good. They're pretty good. Harry Maguire is the most must-own player in the history of Fantasy World Cup, I would say. <laughs> I mean, his his head is just a <laughs> hugest block of concrete of life. So it's he's, ridiculous. This he, is England. It's so funny. Like Even though they kind of suck and stutter and bumble around in open play, they are so good on set pieces. It's ridiculous. It's, it's like Pulis Stoke. Pulis Stoke. I, I expect at least something on target every corner kick, and it's crazy. But it's great. So, I mean, what are we doing? You're looking, and we have obviously they're playing Croatia, and Croatia are just bad. So, obviously, get as many England players as possible. What do you? Uh, I, that game's a little uninteresting. Do you want to really talk about it that much? Like, what do you think? I don't know. It's just. It is very un- uninteresting from a fantasy perspective, I think, because everyone in the world has Modric and his ownership's just going to go further up. There's not that many other Croatian shouts that are good, I think. I, the one guy that I like caught my eye the most, and I was very excited to see him start, and he came in with a goal, is Kramaric. But I don't know. I don't think he's nailed on to start against England because they'll probably go with like a more defensive setup and... Not just have Rakitic and Modric in the double pivot because obviously that got exposed and Russia scored two goals and it was an open game. 
Yeah, I mean, Rabbit at 5.5 is just so cheap. He could probably like be in there if you're wild carding and you want to try and get 15 out. I don't know, just for whatever. But yeah, yeah they're, they're attacker. And Modric is just a bad attacker. I mean, he doesn't attack, he plays DM. So, I mean, attack point purposes. I mean, Perisic is a pump. England or England are great. I mean, I'd rather be spending money in attack in the other game, probably. Yeah, I think attackers wise, you look to the other match and you get a bunch of England defenders if you didn't already have them at. Like the over under in that match in England, Croatia is too. Like, Croatia's going to pack it in. They struggle to create any chances. It's going to be like a, I don't know, a slog of a game, probably. Like maybe a 1 0 either way. Yeah, I mean, it's just get Kane and then get as many defenders as possible. So the main question, I mean, we got fucked by it this game week, but we have obviously we're going to blank or get some shit ass on the first game and we have to twist captain. Do we go Kane or do we go with the defender for, for That's England That's what I was actually just about to bring up because like that whole match against Sweden, you and I and a lot of people on Slack were talking about how bad Kane is against buses. Like I don't know if this is backed up by fact, but... He definitely struggled all Premier League season against buses, him and Spurs, and he was completely worthless against Sweden. Like, he may have not played. I cannot confirm nor deny this. So, yeah, like, capping someone like Lingard, who took, like, four shots, or even fucking Raz, who fucked up all the one-on-ones, or Harry Maguire, or Young, or Trippier, all kind of seem better to me, since Kane is just, like, pen or blank. Yeah, I mean it's a pen or some weird lucky thing. It seems like for, like off a deflected block, something on a set piece. Like that's how he's going to score a goal. But yeah, I don't know. It's still it's still hard to to cut the cord and, and not Captain Kane when you can because it's just been so many months of that being ingrained in my brain. It's like brainwashing. Actually, yeah. at the same time, it's with FPL open. It's very nice to be in this position of power where it's like I seriously don't give any fucks at all. So like, let's just captain like. Trippier or something, you know, it's yeah, just like no, whatever. Totally. totally. All right. But so that England can... had two shots on target and two goals and just coasted, and that match was just like dumb, kind of. Yeah, it was a little bit cool at the beginning, but then after they scored their goal, and you kind of saw what Sweden were made of, which is nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's a, it a little bit of a mess. Sweden but... trying to come back is not dissimilar to like Uruguay trying to come back versus France. It's just yeah, like, exactly, this exactly. just is not happening. Exactly. So let's go over to the other game. I mean, France Belgium is as good as you could hope for in a semifinal game. I think it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one. You think you think Martinez is going to stick with his actual good tactics and good team, or do you think he's going to revert to the mean and play some nutter like eight attacker lineup again? I think he'll do something in between, like something unknown. Like there are so many surprises in the Brazil game, like different setup, attacking and defending, and like. I don't know, just it was just all over the shop. But whatever he did worked. And Rom at right wing, back to the Everton days, like everything was crazy. I don't know. Martinez will try some shit, and either it's going to be, you know, Wigan winning the FA Cup or just like humiliation from France. I'm not. I'm really not sure. <laughs> it's going to just be like a diamond with Mertens at center back. <laughs> Kev, Kev, actual center back for his distribution from the back. Um, it's. Still just difficult for me to see Belgium winning this game. Yeah, I, just feel I think like France that, are going to grind them to dust and it's just going to be like a 1-0 or 2-1 or something like a low, like a low score. Yeah, I mean the one thing that Deschamps has shown that he's actually good at is setting up to shut down opponents. Like he he cannot 
figure out his attack at all. They created nothing again against Uruguay's ridiculous double return from Griezmann, but they completely shut down the match. I don't think Suarez even had a touch in the box. Like it was just they're they play so defensive. Their midfield is so defensive. Their defenders don't really go up. Hugo will make one big save a game and they just shut down games. I I don't know. I mean like I feel like if that Brazil Belgium game is played over a hundred times, a thousand times, like Brazil wins like eighty percent of the time, but Belgium eh, just had a fucking high. day. Eighty's high. Eighty's really high, but I, I don't agree with that. I, I think, think like sixty-five. Yeah, sixty-five. Belgium played well. I think I give them a little credit. I give them like very little credit. Like they played well, especially <laughs> Rom. I thought was like outstanding. But they, it was, it's, this has been the theme, I feel like, with the World Cup when me and you were talking about matches. is like a team looks like they're really threatening and create a lot when they're countering. Like I'm thinking about Mexico versus Brazil, even Japan versus Belgium, even though they did actually score two goals. Belgium versus Brazil is also reminiscent of that. And, but they don't actually create shit, you know, like, their two goals are an own goal off Dino's arm and a Kev Worldy. And they're like, really don't get many other good chances at all. Um, if any, like I barely remember another like actual chance. They were running all over the place and like they were fucking good at it. And Haz in space and Rom in space and Kevin space. It was very exciting. I'm not trying to say I, I didn't enjoy it, but like, I don't know. I think. Brazil actually had a million actually good chances, and Belgium were so fucking lucky. But I think part of that also is that they were playing with the lead. Like, they're not going to be full tilt going forward. So, I mean, it was kind of the way the scoreboard dictated. So, you know. Anyway. um, Anyway, we both think France are going to win. Yeah, France probably going to win. Just doesn't fill me with confidence to. I don't know what. I don't like any attackers in any of the teams anymore, basically. But I feel like I'm almost thinking with an eye towards the third place game because whoever of these two teams gets to play Croatia could just be like a fucked up, like weird game with a lot of goals. So my mind is really just like get French. And I mean, we already have France and England's whole team defenses, so we don't really need to do anything there. But I just feel like loading up on like Belgian attackers and whatever a couple French guys and I don't know. What do you think? Like yeah, one English I, did, guy I didn't even know Naz. that the third place match counted until like everyone was pointing it out to me on Slack today. But yeah, I looked up the last three third place matches. They are really high scoring. Yeah, like, they're high scoring. Last two are three nil, three two, and three one. So probably captain is going to come from the third place match for next week. But yeah, I I mean I like that. I mean. Nate asked, uh, do you double France forwards like Greats and Mbappe or one each, like one French, one Belgian? I don't know. It's tough. I have actually no idea. Good thing we have a pod. It's just, there's no, it's a coin flip. It's a coin flip. I think I would rather double French. I mean, again, like just back to Brazil, Belgium, like the fact that we pegged Belgium as the worst defense remaining in the tournament was clearly correct with the number of chances that Brazil got and like hitting the post and pen shouts and shit. And that's still by far the case in the semifinals. So I think if there, if there's any chance, I'm not saying that I think this will happen, but if there's any chance of any of these teams scoring like three plus, it's got to be France, right? 
I don't know. I don't. I don't see it the same way anymore. Just because okay. that lineup is so much different. Like I don't think Belgium's a pushover defense that a good team can really? do anymore. With yeah, I mean, I just don't. I think with Fellaini shielding and they're just, they're just playing more defensive. They're playing like they should against teams that are equal, if not slightly better than them on paper. And I mean, France don't create. We've seen it literally every game of the entire tournament. They haven't looked. I mean, they have that one good game against Argentina, but that's. I mean, that's like if they were playing fucking. I don't know Villa or something. Like, I don't know what that. I don't know what that game was. Yeah, so. no, that I agree that France suck at creating and shit. What I'm trying to say is that if any of these teams, the only chance of any of these teams scoring three plus is if Belgium overextend. That's yeah, maybe probably. a better way of saying what I'm trying to say because France will not ever overextend. England, Croatia is going to be tight. You know, the only chance of like three plus. So for me, I would take that gamble and just probably go like creates Mbappe. Like maybe Bobby Martinez is dumb. He's been dumb many times in his life and France just romp. But yeah, yeah. I really want to put Raz in though. I love Raz. Yeah, we take out Kane. Well, I mean, he's 11 million, so we're not going to have him all year. So we got to at least get it, get it in right now while, we, while the getting's good. Yeah, we'll get Raz in. All right, we'll do that. Um, and then I mean Kev, pure Kevin, just Our shout. right on cue. Shout came in right on cue. Um, I mean he was freed and he didn't like he like did little bits, but yeah, obviously the goal. But in general, he didn't like put his stamp on the game. But he came through at the moment of quality with the game-winning goal when it mattered, and he's the reason why they got through. So good job by him. You gotta love Kev. You gotta love Kev. Little Ginge, he's a great guy. Yeah, I mean he had. He had all the stats from the Belgian perspective, like most shots, most shots on target, most key passes. Even though it was very few, he still was like the guy. Like yeah. they're they're only sh- they had three shots on target. Two were Kev, and one was Company. Fan. Okay. Yeah. Are we done with the uh, World Cup? Um. Well, just let me see these questions. Uh, are we gonna do this fucking Max Captain, or what are we doing? Well, yeah, there are actual questions about like Aaron on Slack. Is it a good idea to play Max Cap in the final since rotation of the cap won't be possible? That's not true. There's the third place game, and and that's probably like we just said, going to be a big, high scoring game. Um, I don't know these questions, dude. Like, who fucking cares? I don't want to answer a question. Yeah, I know. So, who are your caps for this week? Who do you think are the best two caps? I kind of like Mbappe a little bit more than Griez. The thing that's with Griez, one that's like more and more watching, is he's just playing like fairly reserved. I mean, fairly deep. I, he's always outside the box. Yeah, he's underneath Giroud. Yeah, very noticeable. I, I, yeah. I think I think but Mbappe is so a, good. Also, no, he's he's good. I mean, his work rate's incredible. Yeah. Like, I mean, the double return, the points are on the board. But when I'm watching, I, I feel like Mbappe has the hat potential. And Greatsman's getting a little like I mean he's getting indirect up. He's like, assists is just like meh. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't. He's not doing it for me like he like he had done in Euros when I was getting tingly feels. So yeah. I would probably go Mbappe day one and then day two. I, I I don't know, man. It's hard to be sensible with like looking at the game now that I'm just I'm looking at the FPL page right now. I'm, I would probably put on like a defender from England. Really, it's uh, I feel like there's a better chance of a clean than a Kane goal. I mean, I don't think they're going to score more than two. Yeah, I think I, I agree. Don't know. Yeah, it's not fun, but McGuire. it could just be blinded by like just the points that came in this past round. But it's hard to go wrong with Kane. But a Kane or, or a defender, basically. It's also just. I mean, I'm going to keep hammering this. So I'm like, 
I give so few fucks about Fantasy World Cup now that FPL is out. And like everyone's going to be Captain Kane. Everyone ever is going to be Captain Kane on day two. So, I mean, maybe that's your answer. Yeah, I mean, that's your answer. Like, if you're Luda and you're OR12, like, you got to do the sensible thing. But, you know, if you're in a mini league or if your OR is like 200 or 2000 and you want to just try and climb, like, Captain Raz, do the actual opposite of what everyone else is going to do because that's the only way you can can make any headway. So, yeah, yeah, like that. I mean, like, I mean, we came in with. We had three big shouts last pod. One was England defense, two was France defense, and one was Brazil attack. We hit we hit on two of those, and that's as good as we could really hope for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we hit on sixty six percent of our shouts, then we would be like, I don't know what that is, but we'd be good. We'd be rich. We'd be we'd just be rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, that's the kind of thing though. You we stacked up, and then you know it came in for us. We had a haul, and we only hit on two of our three like main things. You know, we didn't hit on all of them, and we got a lot of fucking points this last week. So I think you got to just load up and call your shot and see where the chips fall. Yes, especially also with transfers. Like we have five transfers, but then we have the third place game. So theoretically, the pool of players is going to be the same. The third place game historically always has a lot of rotation, but we're going to get that lineup before our next five free transfers. So, oh, you know, wow, whichever, great shout! Yeah. So, like, whichever players you have on the in the finals, they're all going to play because they're going to be playing first teams, obviously, unless if someone gets injured. So, you know, you can use transfers liberally. So, just you can load up even more so now because you know it's all it's all just for the fun. Yeah, good points. All right, well, okay. I can't wait for to actually watch the games, but. Let's move on and talk about actually FPL, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like I should give like another okay, but it's it's not that time. So where do you yeah. want to start? We're moving on to the FPL section now. I'll put a little music interlude in or whatever. But where where do you even want to start? I have a million questions. Like yeah, I mean, so many people wrote in. First of all, just. So excited! I have oh, been tinkering God, so, so much, and it's just all I've been thinking about since the prices came out. It's psychotic, obviously. Yes, but I think today's pod is not going to be a proper preseason pod where we really run through things down systematically. I think it's going to be a little more ranty and tangenty, just on like first impressions. I mean, it's been like two days since it's been released, basically, for us anyway. That we've been really in there, so. I think the just we have so many questions. I think we should just run down questions and just use that to guide us because I mean I'm sure what everyone's all everyone's questions are very good at this point and we could use that as kind of our yeah. topic. Yeah, they're all over the place in a good way. It'll it'll yeah. guide us. Yeah, well, I think let's do that. Um, so yeah, well, just piggybacking off of you, I think starting next Monday will be like really when we dig into preseason FPL pods. Um, and then, you know, once a week from Monday. So we're not going to pot again before the final of the World Cup because no one cares about Fantasy World Cup. Hit us up on Twitter or Slack. We'll answer questions. But, yeah, starting next Monday is like proper FPL. This is just wild, wild, wild west out here. So, And also, we're still in freebie freebie mode with this patrons, Patreon stuff. So, I mean, if you want to get check out Slack and get in there, I mean, if you sign up, We'll we'll shoot you in there, and then it's up to you if you want to keep it or not. But no no charges till September one. On yeah, the it says stuff, that so. you have to pay, but you just won't get charged, and then you can cancel your account before we start charging again if you don't I'm, like yeah. it. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a free trial thing if you if you want to do it or not. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's until 
September one, I mean, realistically, it's just the best community. I mean, it's just a bunch of good guys, like no annoying shit, no trolling shit, like on Reddit or no morons on FFS being assholes and no mods. It's just fun, fun times. Yeah, so get in stuff. there. Yeah. New friends all over the place. Um, all right. I'm just going to run through how I have them written down. So Chandoza on Slack, out of position slash reclassified player positions. Any, did any stick out to you or what? Um, I mean, Zaha's a little bit really annoying just because he's going to be reverse out of position. He's not going to be playing striker unless if like Benteke gets hurt. I mean, we're going to have Wickham back. He's going to be on the wing. He's, we're not going to be in 4-4-2 anymore. Why? So, why is that? Like, why is he not going to play striker? Because why? Why is going to why and play fucking Benteke when he's fit? He's right. just like... That's just what that's he what does, you're did. saying? That's... Yeah, I mean, why the fuck is Joel Ward going to be playing over Juan Bissaka? <laughs> no, I was asking more just like, uh, I feel like Palace were way better when Zaha oh. was up top, but yeah, so they, they were injured, right? Benteke and Sorloff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. just the same thing, like Juan Bissaka, literally better every performance than Joel Ward had ever shown all season. Joel Ward gets fit straight back in the straight team, in. and he's yeah. just bad. So, yeah. I mean, that's what he does. He just sticks by the... Locker, like it seems like the locker room is almost running the running the show to an extent. I mean, not to take anything right. away from Roy, but player personnel decisions a little questionable. Anyway, I fully expect Zaha to go back on the wing. So from that standpoint, it's a little bit annoying because he's going to be reverse out of position. Whereas like, and I mean, I guess Arnie as well because yeah. is Pellegrino going to fucking put him at false nine cent? Probably not. It's not really his thing. We just right? have no so. idea. Which is, I have a lot of problems with actually them reclassifying like multiple players on West Ham because. It's a fucking different manager who's going to probably be in a different system. Like yeah, Masuaku is a midfielder yeah. and shit. Like it's who the fuck knows? Like we have actually no idea how they're going to set up at this yeah. moment. So it's just a weird thing, I think. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I like it just because it gives for for once actual options in four. I mean, really for three years, actual options in the forward like sub premium bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just haven't had. We haven't had for three years. Two years. So that's cool, but it's it's a tough it's a tough sell to me. But one thing that Zaha at least will I think get a little bit instead of not getting a clean sheet point and one less point for the goal, he's going to get more bonus points for goals scored as as striker. So I mean that's that's really good for him because he was so bad on bonus points because yeah, he's like diving all over the place. He gets dismissed. Like so, the extra baps on goal scored are going to make a big difference for him. But. I mean, you know, I'm always interested in wealth. He was he was a seven million mid um, last year. Game week one last year, and he was like one of the first names on my sheet. And he obviously got kicked to hell by Huddersfield. Never forget, never forgive. <laughs> but he had fucking 16 returns last year, and he was ha- he was hurt for a while. So it's not really that unrealistic to think he's going to hit like the 20 mark on yeah. a combo. And at seven million, like that's that's good. Yeah. So I just I'm remember I was going to bring up Firmino because. I just remember him going from mid to forward, and everyone was kind of talking about the same shit. He's not going to get the clean sheet. It's one less point for goals. He had one more return in 17-18 than in 16-17, but he had 12 more bonus. And that was like a big thing, and that kind of just like counterbalances all of it. Yeah, yeah. So... That, I think that too much is being made of that, about not getting the clean sheet point whatever, because I think it'll... um, It'll even out, but I mean, other than that, I didn't really see a ton. I mean, Ashley Young getting back to defense is really nice because he's bring obviously up playing. I'm very yeah. happy about that. He's he's honestly one of the first names I put in my team. Yeah, I I have made so many iterations of my tinker just because all the players that are involved right now in the World Cup, like 
they're they're pretty fucked for game week one. Yeah, I so. guess Young probably won't even fucking start. Yeah, good point. Yeah, so I, I took every single player out of my team that's still in the World Cup, which I mean Kevin is one of them, so that was difficult. But um, fuck yeah, I didn't even yeah, good point. Yeah, because I was seeing there was like I saw this long post about like looking at previous World Cups and the people that were involved like in the finals and the semis. Like yeah. pretty much all of them were coming back game week two, and it's just going to be like a little iffy. So. You know, I mean, it's obviously where it's, the World Cup's still going on, and we're speculating over a month from now. So we'll see as it gets closer. But that's a consideration. But um, I think that was like about. I mean, Arnie, I'm just not interested in whatsoever. I need to see what he's going to do. Um, West Hammer, just I don't know what. I, every year, I never know what West Hammer going to do. Yeah, pretty but much. What do you, is there anyone else that you're thinking of? That I'm I trying to think or? of other guys that were that are switched classification, but no one really comes to mind. I mean, like Milner changed, but like he's not even a yeah, starter, who, and you know, there's like other cares. like meaningless changes like that. But yeah, there's not that many. I mean, Ashley Young was definitely like the one where I was like, oh shit, that's fucking amazing. But um, yeah, not not that many others that that come to mind off the top right. of my head. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Ray on Slack, should we avoid players who made it deep into the World Cup, i.e. KDB, Lovren, Young, Hazard, Rom, Alley, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think yeah. all of them, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless if we have some like explicit information from the manager that they're they're fine and they're going to feature. I mean, it's you, it's just backbreaking if you have someone and they don't they don't start game week one. Like, I can't you, even you know That's that never gonna, happened to me, I don't think. Yeah, not like one of your starting eleven guys. Like you yeah. can't put yourself through that after spending a month tinkering, and then you put your team out, and then you shit the bed because you had two players like from the World Cup that don't oh my fit, don't feature, and you're like rank. You open up like rank three million. Like you, you know, you're wild carding immediately. That's team deleting levels. Yeah. So I mean, we'll 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 know more as it gets closer. But I think as of now, I've been tinkering exclusively with players that are not in the World Cup. Very, very interesting. Um, Jabron James on Slack. What teams have the best potential for cleans in the first eight to ten weeks? Yeah, so I mean, this has probably been the most transformative of my tinkering. Right now, I'm sitting on a heavy defense, and yeah, when I when I started my team, I was like, oh great, like there are so many four or five defenders, (laughs) five four or five defenders. Look at how great this rotation is going to be. It's so good. And then I listened to our postmortem pod last week, and it was like the first thing I said was like, <laughs> "Get good defenders, Adam. Don't be dumb, Adam. Like Bournemouth are still bad at defense, Adam. Like get good players." So like I'm fucking in there with big defense. I mean, United, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, all top four last year in clean sheets. 16 at the lowest, 19 at the highest. You're basically looking at a return every other game. From your defender, and it's a, we've talked. We talked about this. This was like a theme we were late to the party on. I think with our pod last year. Yeah. But when you're paying six and a half million or less for a midfielder and they're returning once in, once every other game, you are jerking off. So very much think about it in those terms. I mean, these top four teams are, and Sp- I mean Spurs are going to be an actual fucked up mess for the first few weeks. But these top four teams. Defenders are priced at a premium for a reason, but they also represent a lot of value. So, getting a clean like every other game is very good. And yeah, think- the way I've almost been looking at it in my head because I've I've been on very heavy defense from the beginnings of tinkering is basically like anyone who's not doing what I'm doing. I feel like I have a hundred fifty point lead on them. 
I'm just like, my points are guaranteed. I'm like, barring injury, defend, nail defenders from these top four teams, top five teams, are just guaranteed, like, between 130 and 180 points. And, like, there's very few other than the top premium guys in the game that you can say that for midfielders and forwards, you know? Yeah, and I think it's something we talk about flexibility with your team structure, which is nice. And when you look at the total points, you'll see that the midfielders by and large score more points than the defenders. But you know, it's it's very much a, the premium midfielders, not the midfielders that are six and a half and under. So there will definitely be one or two in that price range that outperform probably like seventy eight, seventy five, or eighty percent of the defenders. You know, like a seven million, like Ramsey fucking puts it all together and does it this year. Or, you know, like. Like fucking Walcott, I don't know. Some yeah, fuck. Like, there's a lot it. of guys in that range. Yeah, but you know, and it's nice to have like one name there so you could jump on. But you know, if you have two or three, it's not like better to have these. They're punts. Like it's not better to have these punts in midfield. They're than all punts. Actual guaranteed points from the defender. So heavy defense. I mean, it's just the fourth. I get it. I mean, I get it, dude. The four five. That was the <laughs> literal first thing I did after I, my first like team. I just like put some guys in. And I like went for a walk. Then I came back and I was just like four or five defender, four or five defender. I'm like Bully, Tompkins, like Cedric, France, like fucking Daniels. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is I'm awesome. I'm every like, best attacker in the game. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm looking at it. I'm like, wait a minute. Like Bournemouth kept two clean sheets last year. Like Mark Hughes is managing Southampton. Southampton kept five clean. Like I'm just like, yeah. they're going to get one or two points every week and I'm going to be so sad. So defense is good. It's really, really hard to have expensive defenders because you always want to put expensive attackers because it's better and more fun. But heavy defense, man, I don't know. Yeah, Heavy I mean, defense feels really good. Feels amazing. Um, Roro all day on Slack, a.k.a. my older brother. In general, what players that were stars last year faced the potential for the steepest drop-off this year? I mean, I think for me, you're probably not going to like this answer, but it's got to be Salah. Mm. I mean, with 300-plus points in FPL, like 50,000 goals, I mean, created a lot, looked great, should be sustainable based on the way Liverpool play, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, Performances like that for a full season do not come around very often, especially when your name's not Messi or Ronaldo. So I think he's the goods and I think he's fantastic. But traditionally, when players get $4 million price hikes, like that's tough. So he would be mine. He would be mine. What about you? I'm like sorting by overall score because I don't know. I'm looking at guys who overperform last year. I mean, obviously, Mares is, is the the sixth or fifth highest midfielder in the game last season, but he's going to City. He's got no guaranteed minutes at all, so he's not an option. I'm seeing Milivojevic near the top. I mean, Ugh, I, we need to talk about him, but also Sterling, dude, 11. I mean, I don't know. I think that. But 11? No, I mean, I don't have him in because there's so many, I think, better options on City for cheaper or the same price. But I don't think that's like unreasonable for him. Like, I think he'll return at about the same rate as last season. Like, everything suggests that like his his totals last year were legit, if you know what I mean. But it is a giant price hike. Like, I didn't think he'd be <laughs> a full million over Kev. 
I thought he would be ten. Like I thought him and Kev would be, or if not ten five, like I thought they would both be the same price in the ten or ten five region. But the thing with Sterling, I mean, he had thirty five combo returns last year. But how the fuck do you have thirty five returns? He only had nineteen bonus points. I mean, that's, that's like hard. That's hard. The, that's hard to do. The game, the bonus points are are tilted against wingers. You know, like Salah yeah. too. I mean, twenty six. Yeah, like 26, and he had fucking... It's a lot, but he had 44. billion returns. Yeah. It's just, if you miss shots and go off sides and your name's Mane or Sterling or whatever, you just don't get bones. It's just the way of life. It's good if your name's Erickson or Kevin. Yeah, if you're a central midfielder, you're just auto max bones, etc. But yeah, I mean, Mares is good on bones, but... Rest in yeah, peace. Mars at nine. Are, are you a little worried? I mean, City have if, if the Mars transfer goes through, which it sounds like it will in the next yeah, couple of days. I mean, yet, City, I guess, yeah. City have a lot of cooks in that kitchen. I mean, they have a lot of right. They don't have much in Sane's position, but they have a lot of like right-ish attacking mids. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with Mars. What are they going to do? I feel like There's so many players. Uh, yeah, I feel gonna... like Pep got a phone call and was like, "You want Mars?" And he's like, sure. "I get." He's like, "I guess." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, sure. He's on vacation. He's like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna not want Mares, but like, they don't need Mares at all. But I, I mean, depth is is good. No, depth is good. Um, um, but yeah, Milivojevic. I mean, he fucking scored a lot of points last season. He had 144 points, like same as Mane. Basically, 10 goals. Give me a fucking break. This is why I am. So excited for FPL to start because game week one and I click his name and he's in fifteen percent. Fifteen percent of teams. Percent of teams. Like, this is going to be fantastic. I cannot wait for the season to start because he's an actual defensive midfielder who scores zero goals in open play. So that's great if you're paying four or five for him and you're just sticking him in as like a three five two with a psychotically expensive rest of your team. But he's six five and you don't pay six five for a DM who's never scored a goal in open play in his actual life. So. Zaha's good at diving, don't get me wrong, but 10 goals is out of control. And yeah, I mean, you sort I mean, by ownership percentage, and like Neves is the fifth highest on mid in the game. Yeah. Milivojevic I mean, sh- is top 10. Like Stevens is up there. I mean, Stevens is fine. He's a 4 5, but like. Yeah, yeah it's just fine. But no, I mean, 10 goals. I mean, fairly should get around like five, I would say. Five max, I'd say. Like five maybe max, one, I mean, one or two in open play and a few pens or something. Like yeah, that. I don't know. No, probably zero in open play, one or two on direct free kicks. I don't know how oh, he had true, two assists. True, true. I don't think I've ever seen him create a chance in his entire Palace career, but he's a ridiculously bad pick. And if you own him, I think you're not playing the game properly. <laughs> and then Bro, uh, just sorting again, still just I'm just still sorted by top score because it's the easiest way to like pick guys who are gonna drop off. But and we already talked about Arnie. He got all of his points once he moved up front. If he's not up front, I do not expect anywhere near the same returns. And and then I'm just also sorted in forwards and fucking Glenn Murray. No, how much is he? No way. I mean, he's six five. He scored twelve <laughs> goals last year. How have they not bought an actual striker? What do, do they have any money? They just don't buy strikers. They want to have an, a forty year old balding Glenn Murray still. I mean, they have fucking Lacadia or Lacadia, that L- guy they Lokada. bought last season. Yeah, his name's Jurgen. I don't. I don't. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I love that. I'm straight into the team, but yeah, I mean, Glenner. I, I don't know. I I don't believe it. I mean, I just don't <laughs> even see him as being like nailed on, let alone scoring double digit goals or, or I mean, lasting no, an entire season. That's just crazy. 
Um, Gross at seven is is pretty decent. That has my interest. They're just their first few fixtures are pretty tough. Um, I think you gotta gotta do a wait and see on Bright on uh, on Brighton full stop. They've got like United, Liverpool, Spurs, Man City in the first seven. Yeah, but, that's I mean, bad. I think Gross at seven will be a cheeky diff at some point. Hopefully, he'll get some price drops. And yeah, I mean, he's net. he's pretty highly owned now, so he should be at a point five cheaper by the time game week eight rolls around because they're probably yeah. gonna get destroyed in half of those games. Yeah, that'd be sweet. He's he's an interesting one, though. I mean, I, he he well deserved price hike. Um, oh, I think he's, he's worth just seven. the definition of bones, and like yeah. he's everything we just said about wingers and stuff is just he had fifteen returns and basically the same number of bones as Salah. And the thing, like with players like Gross, that interests me. Or, I mean, it was his first year. You know, we we shouted him and early doors. Me and you, we bought him really early, and then we sold him before he started getting all his points, but. He's the kind of player I think can take another step forward. Like typically, the first season in the Prem, when you switch divisions, like you're young, like they were a promoted side. I mean, he exceeded expectations by a million. But the second season, you know, you kind of settle, and they know what to expect, and and they can build on what they did last season. And I mean, I don't think Brighton are like a fantastic team, but you know, when they're playing non top six teams, they're as good as anyone in the division. So. Gross is an interesting name to me, and I mean Iskierdo too. I liked him. I liked a lot of what he's I saw him last year. He's really he's classy. He's good. So they've got some stuff. He's there, a cutting I, in merchant, absolutely. Yeah, oh my god, that's his only move. But you can't stop it. <laughs> he's just <laughs> Robin. Matter. He's Robin spelled matter. differently. Um, yeah, but yeah, gross. Yeah, I like gross. Yeah, gross. What was the good. question? Uh, just guys who are going to fall off. So we said that. Like I don't fall off. We're going the other way. Yeah, yeah. we we covered some guys and we're brought on to it now. Mister yeah. Tools on Slack asked a billion questions, so I just picked a <laughs> few of them. <laughs> Let's start with number one. Which formation have most of your initial tinkers been in? So I mean, my initial was three four three is back, baby, because I love Chanky Toast on Everton. So that was he was straight in. And then obviously Kuhn straight in. So I was playing around with that second kind of like premium forward. So I was into the three four three, but now I'm just like with the premium defense coming back to my to my forefront. I, I feel like four three three is feeling pretty nice. Um, yeah, four three three right now. I'm, yeah, I'm I've, I've been towards. on four or five defenders from the very beginning, like a four uh, four four two. I've I've probably tinkered with the most. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't know. Some something like that. So um, that's the main thing with the four four two is like the having two like between six and seven million mids doesn't feel good to me. Mm-hmm. That was my main thing with that. Why I've been shying away from that. And I mean, I could go with three three more expensive, but then I would have two budget strikers, which feels bad. So that was kind of why the four three three I've like because I only have like one punt in midfield, and then I have like Tosin. Um, right as my third striker, and then I have like two premiums, two premiums in attack and mid. So, mm. yeah, I guess at the end of this, we can like go through our current yeah, tinkers. Yeah, but yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. I'm in a five-three-two, so it's fucking crazy. But, but I mean, basically for us, we're we're looking at defense. Though. I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're both we're kind preaching. of going heavy defense as of now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's this is like at, for us actually taking the lessons from last season and applying them. So yeah, we'll I mean, re-listening to the postmortem pod was so. Good. It was really nice to hear and be like, "Yeah, that's a good point. I'm gonna fucking do that." Mm-hmm. Um, also, Mister Tool. So, who are the first three names in your tinkers? In your um, tinker, I guess. Kuhn, Erickson, and Kevin. But I took Kevin out because he's still in the World Cup. So, but mm. Kuhn and Erickson haven't 
have, they're, they're like on the most left, like haven't moved since I started playing around. Wow. What about you? It was probably Salah, Dilva, and like Young. But now I didn't, I wasn't even really thinking about World Cup when I put my first team together, but Young is probably bad for that reason since football is coming home. But that's just, you know, that's, I'm just answering the questions in front of me, you know. Also, I guess like slight, slight fourth place consideration has been Carrius. I've, I've played a little true, bit with Ederson. With, with Ederson, just because oh, we'll get into this, I'm sure. But it's, it's just very frustrating because Liverpool have very nailed on defensive assets, whereas City have like none. And I'm obviously not getting Ottomandu. That would be a psychotic thing of me to do. So Ederson's really the only way I could get a City defender that's nailed for me personally because I'm not considering Ottomandu. And that's a little bit troublesome. So I'm not yeah. sure where I'll land there, but. I mean, Karius at five is absurd. I don't know how they price him at five. Karius and Lovren at five are like arguably two of the best value picks in the game. Yeah, Lovren again. It's just a frustrating thing because I don't. I mean, he's in the World Cup still, so right, right, right. That um, might be one that's worth just like taking a bullet for a week or two, just so you have him. Yeah, I haven't possible. thought. I haven't. I haven't thought that much about that actually. It might be worth it because I mean, you could you could scrape by with a four or five and just bench him for a week. Right, and just look at fixtures and someone with a good gaming one, gaming two, or something. And I mean, you could own Lovren actually the entire year if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, which he will, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he's going to have to take those PKs somehow. Yeah, exactly. And last question for Mr. Tools um, One premium keeper or Fab too much value to pass up? Fabianski. I mean, yeah, this was one of the big, big things I think that I left last season with is. Going premium keeper is just so good. I mean, it's it's not like value, but it's just guaranteed points. And I think I am a better. I have a better job of identifying value elsewhere in the game than at goalkeeper because if you miss on your four or five, then you're just being you're just crying into your beer every week. And when you have one and two pointers coming in at goalkeeper for four straight weeks, like it's hard to make up. Those points just add up. Or they lack to add up. So getting the premium guaranteed, you know, you're guaranteeing yourself, you know, half of the season's worth of clean sheets. There is just worth the money to me. And you know, goalkeeper's not somewhere you want to spend transfers. So I like the premium option, and we don't have to spend premium price this year because Carrius is five. So yeah, best of both worlds. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same. And you and I have talked about this like off pod extensively, but it's similar to what I was saying with d- defenders at the beginning of this whole thing. Is like. It's rare in a fantasy game to get guaranteed points, but like you can pay 0.5 more than Fabianski and get guaranteed like Fabianski's best possible season. Karras will like equal or exceed that, and that's just hard to do, you know. And the other thing I think must be must be mentioned with Fabianski. I mean, he's in literally every four or five goalkeeper team. He's the one I see. He saved three penalties last year. I mean, that is basically what fifteen points plus three six nine bonus. That's like twenty twenty four points that he's got from those three penalty right. saves. So I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, saving three penalties in one year is a ridiculous thing. So if he saved zero or maybe one, I mean, you're you're knocking twenty points down, and he's all of a sudden down like in the low soul area. So that's I by point. no means think Fabianski is the best four or five. I mean, West Ham are ridiculous and. Pell Pell is not a very defensive manager, so I would definitely open your your eyes up a little bit more to the four fives than just blindly taking Fabianski as well as an aside. Yeah, that's just a kind of 
sorting by total score and picking yeah. Fabianski. It's not really a thing. Yeah, but I mean, that, you know, that's why we're potting. We've got to talk about these little, little closet uh, things that we've identified. What's his ownership? 26.9. Yes. Second highest goalie in the game. Holy yeah. shit. What do you think about De Gea at six? Is it just too aggressive? Because United's so- similar to, like, City, because they it's who's fucking nailed like Valencia. Ashley Young, that's why he's such a good oh. pick. But the World but they, Cup fucks it up. Yeah. But they have the best left back in Europe with Luke Shaw. So <laughs> you know. His manager said that dude. Luke Shaw's been just eating Big Macs with with Big Fat Sam, watching every England game together. Probably. <laughs> I mean, Young really is so good for six million. But yeah. Not starting with him is is maybe a thing because of World Cup, but yeah, I mean, no one else is nailed except Valencia and Young for sure. I mean, not having a Man United defender it just seems stupid. It's just it, there's no defense of it. I don't think like, it's, it's just not re- getting free points, free clean sheets. Yeah. they had eight cleans and nine last year to open. Yeah, and they finished with nineteen. They've literally I mean, cleaned not- half the games. I mean, they're not going to have Lukaku to open. Like Mourinho's going to obviously be playing for cleans as per. Yeah. Okay. What, what's next? It's just crazy. Um, yeah. Rydale on Slack. How much should we rely on preseason to give us an idea of how teams will play? Thinking primarily of post Wenger Arscast and whether Burnley will find their early season solidity. Burnley, one thing more so than whatever the fuck they do in preseason is what happens with them in Europa qualifying. Because if they're in Europe, then run for the fucking hills, you are actually insane to have a Burnley player. They have could not have a thinner squad. To I mean, look at what happened to Everton last year. Everton had three times the size of the squad that Burnley has. <laughs> Burnley will be absolutely ravaged by playing in the Europa League if they get out of the uh, qualifications. So when is that? Is that? Is that soon? Yeah, it's like in, in a couple weeks. Yeah, right? It's usually yeah, like it's, around it's, now, I feel like. Yeah, it's, it's coming up. I don't know if it's pushed a little bit back because the World Cup, I'm not certain, but it's, it's pretty soon, I think. Um. Well, what what was the question? Uh, preseason. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. That's all we all we have, really, right? It's like the only information that we can take in before we have to put our game of one teams in. And I think you have to like really hang on every press conference and every word every manager says, just trying to get like indications of who's in there in favor. It's especially hard when we have like Arsenal and Everton when we have new managers and we just don't know what they're going to do. So, I mean, you just have to take as much as you can from it. And if it's really confusing and muddy and you're not sure, then it's probably best to just avoid like, yeah, Mctarian seven and he's probably going to be good at some point this year, but you know, you're not going to win FPL game week one, but you could like lose it. So, you know, if he doesn't start, you know, if he plays some weird ass lineup and he's fucking around in preseason, that's kind of what I look at in preseason. What what about you? Yeah, I think I think you can get a good indication of like who the starters are in most cases. Like just looking at like not only who's performing well, like obviously like guys who are scoring and stuff are are, are throwing their hat in the mix, but yeah, just who's playing with the other like nailed on starters and what shape is most frequently run out by the manager because they are practicing for the actual season. Like they, they take every preseason match and every friendly very seriously, even if it's not the strongest eleven, which it rarely is, you know. But yeah, I think Arsenal's a great example of a team where it's like Emery has run a lot of four three three with PSG, pretty much exclusively four three three with PSG. But before that with Sevilla, he was like 
almost exclusively 4-2-3-1. If they're in a 4-3-3, it's hard to imagine that like all of their good attackers are going to be nailed. Like, Wait, was not- it 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-2-1? 4-2-3-1 with Sevilla and 4-3-3 okay. with PSG. Because okay. if, it's, if it's a 4-3-3, it's like, how do you fit in? Like, Obs, Laka, Ozil, Mkhitaryan, along with other central midfielders. It's hard to imagine, kind of. But if it's a 4-2-3-1, maybe we have a better indication. Okay, Mickey nails himself to, like, the right attacking midfielder spot or whatever. Then you can you can go there. But, yeah, I mean, I mean you how just How does gotta, he not play 4-2-3-1 with that team? I think he... Will he just that's the personnel he has? They're just but then they're going to be going back to no defense, right? So, four, two, three, one. It's like who are the holding midfielders on our Ramsey and Chaka? Like, we know what happens when that is. They can't be like paired, they're like, yeah, the kryptonite together. They just can't, you can't do that. Creative, that's not, yeah, or or they they bought Terrera, like they're buying guys and they're exciting, but no, I mean, that's all I was going to say is just basically like you can get a lot of. Maybe hyper specific information from preseason, and you just gotta, you know, you gotta just take what you what take what you can get. Basically, I think it yeah, is valuable. I, I think also just one other thing with preseason is like, don't get carried away with player X on Fulham scored a goal. Like, don't put that player in your team because they scored a goal in preseason against like Crawley Town. It's just like, that that happens. That literally happens every year. There's like one schmuck in preseason against like a Turkish team, a team from League B, like fucking teams I don't even know. Dude scores three goals and he's in like teams all of a sudden. And I'm just, it's like, what are you doing? Just gotta like take more caution with that kind of thing. Wait, is my game broken or did Fulham have like five players in FPL? they, They do not have enough players to field a. Like basketball team, let alone a football team. <laughs> I don't know what they're up to. <laughs> what the fuck a, is going on? Yeah, they no, have they two defenders. Mean, meanwhile, look at looking at Watford's defenders. They have thirty-eight. Oh my god, that's, that's awesome. so funny. Good job by Watford, right there. Yeah, Watford just employing every defender in Europe. Um, but yeah, just be a little cautious of that too. Don't get too carried away because. Yeah, it's nice to get like, oh, but they're on form. Like, they're on form, but they're not playing in the Premier League yet. So, like, you know, that's it. Yeah, I guess, little... I guess that is like a good kind of answer, also, also though, that we were saying without saying is like information on like who's going to start and what formation and what role I think are a lot more useful than actually like who's in or out of form or like who's scoring who's or who's assisting. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. kind of worthless. Yes. Except for guys like Salah and like Mares two or three years ago where they're just like oh they're scoring literally every preseason game a goal or a brace. Like that maybe means something. Yeah, that's yes. Good Um, good job by you. FPL and Booze on Slack. Will Burnley go on one of their normal first half of the season defensive runs? If so, is Burnley defense a good shot with those fixtures? Yeah, I mean, it's just for me again. It's entirely dependent on Europe. If they if they aren't going to be in Europe and they don't get into qualification, I think you know triple Burnley D. I don't think is dumb. I think that's defensible. They they just they bang cleans until they have forty points every year. And every I don't year. see any as long as they don't have to play a game on Thursday in fucking Cyprus. I think that they'll be able to. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to do that again, you gotta love Europa League. It's like I absolutely fuck? love it. I love it as a spectacle, no, but yeah, I don't love it from amazing. like let me buy FPL players who are so, in Europe. So Burnley plays leg one against Aberdeen, 
and July 26th. Yeah, so it's like two and a half weeks away. Man, they're not that bad. That's not a walk in the park. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I think I think I agree. I mean, like their fixtures are really tasty, one through eight. But yeah, if they're just like in Europa nightmare group stage, it's it's sketchy. But like that's what, if they're not in Europe, I mean. I genuinely don't think double or triple Burnley defense is bad. I mean, they can keep five cleans in the opening eight easily. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's if, bad. I mean, if you do that, you're saving four and a half million, four million compared to having to spend six on those three players. If you spend five, right? That's three. That's three million. Good job. I mean, but that's a big difference. And you know, you're going to have to reshuffle and rejigger as you know. But you get a transfer every week, so. Something to think about, I think. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, they it's have shown, and I'll, this is the type of shit that I'll waste my time looking up for, like, actually the data to back this up. But it does seem like they have really shown a consistent pattern of racking up the clean sheets until they're on the beach. Yep. And I mean, the second half last season, they were so bad. And the second half of the season before, they were so bad. Yeah. So, yeah, that seems consistent. Maybe we can take advantage of it. Um, Colin Shots on Slack. I'm going through all the Slack questions first because they're friends of the Slack. But he said, Harry Kane, August. I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah, you can leave him in August and you can, we can <laughs> yeah. talk about it when it's September. Did it for us. Yeah, he just did all the work for us. I mean, Spurs, like you said, like half their team still in the World Cup. They're going to be fucking fucked up. Yeah, I mean, it's like more than half. I don't even know. It's a lot of guys still in the World Cup. And is Sun, is Sun going to play in the Asia games? I think he's out the entire first month of the season. So, like, yeah, in. Get, get me out of Spurs. Get, get Lamella in. Yeah, Coco could be a little guy, but I don't know. I'm not interested. I mean, I still think Erickson is just, you know, bankable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he pretty much is. But I don't. I mean, if anything, if all those fucking guys are out, then it's going to be like Denmark, and yeah. it's going to be the only guy. I mean, <laughs> he's center forward. Yeah, yeah. It's but yeah. Any, anyway, um, eggy bread on Slack, hobo bread, ah, yes. hobo egg on Slack. Marco <laughs> Silva attacking mids, a la Richarlison last year. Are they better options than Tosun? I'm thinking Siggy. And is Zaha worth it now? He loses one point per goals and cleans, but how many cleans did Palace even keep? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about Zaha, so yeah, I think we'll leave that. that. We'll, we'll get in there again another day. But yeah, Everton, I can't believe that's taken this long because Everton have been like, I'm fully in on Everton this year. Yeah, so why? I mean, if you look at the kind of systems that Silva likes to play, but then you look at the shithouse footballers he's had on Hall and fucking Watford, like, the Everton squad is good. Like there are legitimately skilled and good players from top to bottom in that team. Yeah, they should be in theory, like on paper, finishing seventh every year. Easily, should very easily be doing that. And I mean, I think they've got it all. They've got pace on the wings. They've got DMs. They have passers. They have creators. They have a number nine who can finish. They've got wing backs. They've got you know, they've got decent center backs. They've got a it's coming home goalie. They're just, they look great. They just look great. And, you know, if he's going to go wingbacks and that makes Coleman and Baines interesting, I mean, Baines always interesting if he's on pens. I think they might be looking at left back, but, you know, Keen at five even feels like it might be okay. I don't know if they're going to have a four or five center back with like fucking Holgate if he's going to be there, if they're going to buy someone else. But I mean, I as of now, they're, their only center back who's not four or five is Keen. So they should have a nailed on four or five center back. If, yeah, if, if not one of two. 
Yeah, if they if they emerge, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, and but I guess like Silva, you know, he doesn't keep that many clean sheets. But at the same time, I mean, he's going to have good DMs now, so he could still play the system, and maybe they will. I'm not sure. That might not make. But sense. yeah, they but, do create a lot going forward. His, yeah, he, I mean, his Siggy, teams have done that. Yeah, like. I mean, Siggy at seven five is interesting to me. I know that you're not his biggest fan, and I like him a lot more. No, but than now you. he's down to seven five. I'm much more interested. Like, yeah, what I was mean, he last year? He was like eight five. Yeah, something like that. Like he was like um, pretty high. Maybe even nine. I'm not sure. He was expensive, but he was expensive. Yeah. No, he finished at seven four, so he couldn't have been. Yeah, probably like eight five or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, but like you know, Balassi's back, and he's and Lookman's back in the squad. Like Walcott's going to be coming around. Like they've got a lot of guys on the wings, and you know, and Siggy's such a good creator. I mean, Siggy could come in with a really nice season this year, and I think Tosun is just quality. I mean, he's always been good, and I like him a lot when I watch him. And he's just like gets in those positions. He's a unit. He's pretty clinical. Like he finished the season really well. I, I really like Tosun this year. I think that with all of that shit buzzing around him, he's gonna he's gonna be able to get some goals. So I think ever I've toyed around with double Everton attack. I've I've had three Everton in my team at some points. I'm getting a little bit carried away with Everton. I don't know why. Normally I hate them, but I am very <laughs> excited for Everton this year. I, I think that they're a really good place to invest. Similar to Arsenal, I think that they're the kind of team that has a lot of mid priced assets that are gonna be are gonna be great. And their fixture on the beginning of the season haven't even mentioned. Is insane. I mean, their fixtures are fucking ridiculous from like one to ten, basically. I mean, they've got all the promoted sides, basically, like all the shitty teams and everything. It's a sea of green. They could really score a lot of goals. A lot of goals. I mean, those defenses that they're playing are not looking good at the beginning of the season. I mean, they've got Bournemouth, Southampton, Huddersfield, West Ham, Fulham, Leicester, Palace. It's not like the biggest sample size in the world, but we've seen Silva come in and turn Hull into a team that can score goals and compete. And he came into Watford and obviously didn't last the season, but he came in and turned around a fucking team who can't score for shit. Into like a pretty good attacking team. Like for a while, they were like good, and Ricardo Simmons was returning every week, and they had guys. Yeah, um, I mean, Decore this is like pre- and shit. You know, like preseason, very very interested for Everton. Probably right, next right, right. to Arsenal, like Arsenal and Everton are probably the two teams in preseason I'm going to be keeping closest eye on, just because you know seeing the formation if he's going to stick with the wing back, seeing who's who's getting on and where the attacks are flowing through. I mean, if everything's going through Siggy, because like you know he. It's centrally for Silva, which it should. I mean, seven five is ridiculous because Siggy could do like an Ericsson and, and put up like you know an eight fifteen year. I, yeah, I think he, he's stuff. incredible on bones too. Yeah, incredible on bones. And if the system's going to be like that, I mean, we've never seen Siggy on a good team with an actual competent manager with good players in his actual career. Spurs so, fans are like, actually, he used to play for Tottenham. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that's, that's funny. That's fucking funny. I blocked that out of my memory completely. <laughs> but yeah, Siggy, Siggy is very, very interesting guy at 7-5. Very interesting indeed. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I, do, do you see the same or am I going too nuts right now? I mean, I don't have nice. any right now, but I mean, first of all, it's fucking July 8th and there's a lot of time left, but <clears throat> I do like. Marco Silva, like I've always liked him since he came in at Hull. I was like, wow, they're playing freely, energetic. It's maybe not the best way to 
keep yourself promoted or pick up a lot of points, but he definitely plays like attacking free flowing football. And yeah, I mean, I think I see the same thing that they're just all kind of underpriced. Like yeah, Feo six, five and Siggy seven, five and Tosun seven. Like honestly, they should all be a million more. All those three guys should all be a million more and it wouldn't feel crazy to me. Yeah. If Singy was eight five and Tosin was eight, I wouldn't be like, "What the fuck?" They're priced I mean, insanely. Singy didn't even score hundred points last year in FPL, so I think that they had to do this. Um, yeah, it's like as much as they could get away with it. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Everton though, interesting, very interesting this yeah, year. Yeah, Tosin is very, very interesting. I mean, I haven't genuinely looked forward to watching an Everton game in three or four years since Roberto Martinez. Yeah, actual. Yeah, that's actual. pretty. That's cool. Yeah, and then now he's just going on to fucking bring football to a different home. Um, Peter Gray on Twitter wants to know the best game week to wild card. Are you someone who concentrates on this in, van- in advance? Why or why not? I know a lot of people do this. I've never actually really picked a week to wild card before. No, I mean, the best week to wild card is the week when your team is the most fucked up and you can't deal with it with transfers. I mean, it's it's I, the the planned wild cards is beyond me. And you know, it's you super always see, common. You though. see the vocal minority where they're like, "I'm only planning for the game weeks one to three, so rate my team." It's like, "What are you talking about, dude? Like, it doesn't make sense." And then you see, you know, you'll see the vocal minority like, "Oh, I wild carded in game week two, and it was fucking great." Like, "Oh, I bench boosted in game week one, and then I wild card in game week two. It was great." It's just. I think you just, we have enough information, we're smart enough, we can make an analysis. You just pick the best team you can, pick it for the short to medium term like you do with your transfers during the regular season, and take it from there. You wild, you wild card when shit gets pear shaped, and that's the simple job, you know? I think that's. Yeah, I mean, wild card is one of, if not the, no, absolutely the most powerful tool that we have, you know, to use, uh, other than like, we have no other tools. We have transfers and wild card, basically. Like, I'm not counting the chips. So planning to use it in like game week two or three, or because someone's fixtures change or whatever, you like you're just that's bad. Like you're you're <laughs> you're fucking yourself over by just like using your wild card right out of the gate like that. I think so. I don't know. I, um, just, I have yet to see like a logical argument for the planned wild card or the early season wild card. And I mean, I've been reading. I almost exclu- I read thousands, hundreds of thousands of words on FPL every season, and I just I still have yet to see a cogent argument for it. So. The only good argument for it is if you're trying to win like the weekly prize. Oh yeah, I mean, if you want to do some stupid thing, then like go do whatever you want to do. That's fine. It's <laughs> totally fine. Scatterfold on Twitter with week one lineups being more unknown, particular particularly with World Cup players. Is it best to spread the money and have fifteen players instead of having bench fodder? i.e. avoid calling of coiners. I think that would be the one exception, is if you're going 3-5-2 or 4-4-2, I don't think that you can afford to spend more than 4-5 on that third forward, so you got to go there and make sure make sure that you have two nailed-on options at your 4-5 spots in, in either defense or midfield. But, I mean, full stop, I don't agree with the 4-0 defender argument about having a dead player. It always comes back to burn to burn me whenever I've done that. And so having the four or fives is, is easy enough to get four or five nailed. There's so many nailed four or five defender options. It's very simple. But and then same thing. I mean, like you know, last year was Milivojevic. There's always a four or five guy, but realistically, you're relying on them so so little. I don't think it's worth spending extra money. But I think it's important to you know be responsible about who you pick there and make sure you get someone nailed. But 
there are so many nailed four or five midfielders. I mean, there are like and 10. defenders. There yeah, so many. yeah. It's just defenders. Like, there are like thirty-five, but midfielders. There are more than I feel like ever. There's so many. Four yeah, or five I mean, midfielders. they they kind of learned their lesson and guys that like fucking like Mummy Romeo and like fucking you know just those guys who are just only defensive and never score points that I feel like were more than four or five maybe two years ago or something like like Schneiderlin's four or five like he should be four or five he shouldn't be five they should all these guys are all accurately priced four or five I think yeah yeah but no I mean I spending extra it's just it's just you know you don't you don't get them off the bench enough plus if you do have say two defenders and if you're like you can shuffle your your bench around so that you still might have a decent fixture coming if you do need that guy off, so I, I just don't. I don't think it. Yeah, makes it's sense easier to, to just plan around wild card guys than it is to like have a squad of fifteen. Like yeah. you were saying, like your your tinkers don't have wild card guys. I mean, don't have uh, World Cup guys. Is World what Cup I'm guys. Right. Yeah, but it's also it's like like we we're talking about Lovren. Like it's also I guess like going overboard is also not that great because I mean a lot of the best players in FPL are still at the World Cup, so. We'll have to see. We'll talk about this. Yeah, I mean, Ashley Young, fuck. Yeah, um, we'll Ev- Evan Estes on Twitter. Let's see. There's not that many more questions. There's more though. Evan Estes on Twitter, goal for overall rank this season. I mean, I'm always just top 10K. Like, that's that's where I set my sights. I just, I feel like every year with the growing amount of number of players in the game, I mean, if I if I am in the 10K, top 10K, I feel like it was a successful season. I mean, I would like to do better than that, but... Um, that's that's usually my goal. I think I've just adapt, adopted that from you. Yeah. Like I I don't I don't know. I can't really wrap my head around what number I'd be like happy actually like wow, I had a fucking good season. I don't I know. I would probably for that I would probably need like top 2k. I was going to say like top 4ish, top 4 yeah. or 5 would I'd be like cool. I tried really hard and I got a good rank. Yeah. Um yeah, something like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, three five who on Twitter? Talk me out of Feo. Six five is I, too tempting, even though he's burned me so many times. I mean, I will not. I'm I not going. I'm not going to go there, buddy. I will never do that. You came to the wrong folks. We will never talk you out of Feo. He's always a good idea when you have a few drinks and you're tinkering around. There's a world where Feo gets as many chances as Richarlison got, and he just has 15 goals next year. There's very real chance of world that that happens. Yep. Justin Die on Twitter. Are you guys amongst the monsters that have drove Salah's ownership to forty-seven percent so far? Do you honestly feel he's going to produce another season like that, justifying his thirteen million dollar price? Hashtag No Liverpool Tinted Spectacles. <laughs> um, I mean, what do you? What's? Your, I, I want a little bit in on Salah before. I mean, he's been in and out of my team. I've I've been really struggling around with it. As of right now, he's he's back out. When I first saw the price, my initial gut was like, "That's too much. I'm not going to be able to make a good team with that." Um, what, do you, what are you thinking? So, I guess the the first thing I did was just get him, and I was like, "Okay, let me see if I can build a team around him." Just assuming that he's my captain blindly every single week, and see if I can build a team that I like. And when I think one of the things that helped a lot with actually making that team is going heavy in defense like we talked about earlier. Like I have four or five starting de- defenders in every tinker that I've done so far, and they're obviously the best value picks in the game. Like you can't, you can't find a midfielder or forward that's between five and six million who are going to score as many points as like 
Lovren, Young, Alonzo, Vertonghen, et cetera, you know? So that, that's been a combo of how I've been able to put him in. But in terms of what to expect from him, I think it's really interesting. I mean, like, there's no tactical reason why he'd, like, get less chances or get less shots. We should just be a better team in midfield. And as of now, like, knock on wood, we haven't lost any of our, our front three and everyone's fit. In terms of, like, just a regression to the mean and stuff like that, I mean, I doubt that he will break, you know, like, England's goal-scoring record in back-to-back season. Like, even if he is fit the entire season, it's just ridiculous to to fire at that at that level in back-to-back seasons, like you said, unless your name is Messi or Ronaldo. But I think one of the crazier things that I noticed about his numbers while I was trying to kind of reason this to myself when I put him in an FPL is, like, you go back to his Roma seasons, like 15, 16, and 16, 17, and compare those seasons to last year at Liverpool, almost all of his numbers are identical. Like his shot accuracy, his conversions rate, XG to goals ratio, they're all like roughly the same. He just literally shot the ball twice as many times and literally scored almost exactly twice as many goals. And so like you look at that shit and it's like, Oh, well, that's what all the best players do. Like, you look at like Kane's rise to ascendancy or whatever. It's not like he wasn't just getting like better and better and better at finishing over those, those years. He just shot more and he was equally as good, like finishing by the numbers. And so his goals went from 20 to 30. And I, I don't know. I just think like this team, this manager, Mo's going to have the same role, shoot as much, et cetera. I'm not necessarily expecting over 300 fantasy points again, but I do think he'll still just be like ridiculously consistent returner who's good captain like 99% of weeks. So that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, I can't refute any of that. It's just like he's expensive, should be expensive, could easily hit 250 fantasy points again at like worst maybe. Yeah, at worst, yeah. But which would still injury. put him the highest scoring midfielder like last season. Yeah. And so I mean I I think you run very significant risk as well just looking at the numbers and I know there's always a lot of talk about playing the game based off of fear or whatever you call it, but the fact of the matter is he's going to be in somewhere around 40% of the teams going into game week 1. Everyone that has him's in a captain him. So I, I mean, mean, dude, he's at forty eight now. He's only going he? up. So he, okay, so he might I mean, be if, over say, fifty. So I mean, if he's at fifty, and then he's going to be effective ownership of a hundred or whatever like that, because everyone's captaining him. Explain what effective ownership means. So effective ownership is basically the percentage of the people in the game that have the player plus the those of whom have captained him accruing double. So if if I own Salah and I captained him, then his effective ownership is. A hundred percent versus fifty percent. So, like, if he's right. if he's fifty percent owned, but every single person captains him, then his effective ownership's one hundred percent. So that means if you own the player and you don't captain him, you're not going to like gain points when he scores. You're just going to be breaking even with all the other Salah owners. Mm-hmm. But in general, it's like you can't look at your team with like with or without Salah. You have to look at it with like with or without two Salas because. Everybody's captaining him every single week that owns him. So you got to be really sure about who you're captaining because right, right. 
that's that's a big thing that you need to ration reason out whether or not you think he's going to hit the ground running. It would be a little bit nicer if we're thinking about going without him if the fixtures were tougher to begin with, but their first five are pretty good. Um, I mean, it's it's really tough. He's just he's expensive, and he's I get what you're saying about the numbers expensive. and shit. And like, I think he's going to be consistent. I agree with you completely. The team is only getting better. I mean, he's probably going to get better. He's settled again. It's it was his fucking first year in, in back in England and new 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 mates, new lads in Liverpool and <laughs> shit. And you know, he's really good. It's I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to have him in my game week one team or not, but you know, it's. It's there's no correct answer. I, yeah. I think. and it's but, super risky to not have him. Like you, like you started yeah. saying, it's just it's not just the ownership and the effective ownership and the captain. It's also since he's so priced so high, like so ridiculously out of reach. If he does start and he's just flying, like he just has four goals in the first four games and everyone's capping him and his price is just going up and his ownership's just going up. Because people jump on him immediately. You know, like his first brace of the season, his ownership's going to go up like 10% because everyone's like, oh my God, he's, he's doing it again. It's going to be so hard to get him in if you don't start with him in the season. Like it's, it's multiple hits possibly or even wild card like to get him in depending on how your team is structured. So building him around, building around him, and then potentially getting rid of him seems like a lot easier and safer than starting without him to me. Yeah, no, I mean it's can't can't say much against that. It's it's just you know when you have him in versus when you drop him down to just another exceptional midfielder, and you have four and a half million to put in your <laughs> team crazy. or whatever. It's, it's like oh well, look crazy. at all this shit. So you know I, I'm many tinkers and many fucking rounds away from figuring this one out but I mean for me the biggest problem is that I'm obsessively in love with Kunaguero and like I feel <laughs> so so tied to him on every level of life that I could not imagine a universe where he's not on my team I felt so ashamed of myself last season for not owning him like basically all season and it just hurt me and I I don't want to experience that again but <laughs> Both of them is not really workable. I have both of them right now. Yeah, well, you're a fucking magician, mad <laughs> scientist. So I don't. I know also have a lot that. of like weird guys and five starting defenders. So I don't yeah, know. So I don't know. Oh six oh four eight five four. That's this guy's name. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, on Reddit, he said Pep's wheel of rotation. Who should we go for at the start of the season? And when will the wild uh, the World Cup players return? God, I keep saying wild card because WC means WC, wild card to me, not yeah, World Cup. It's annoying. Um, I mean, Sané looks obviously great. KDB very worrisome. So Dilva, I've been seeing Dilva in a lot of teams. I'm not. I'm not that sure about Dilva this year. But I have um, Dilva. Why, why? What's wrong with him? What, do you, what gives you hesitation? I don't know. I just like he's getting older. He really was not that clinical last year to me. I guess he never really has been, but I just feel like it's there's like phasing him out is is incorrect because he's still a very good player. He's very he's still quality, but I don't know. I just like don't have the same like last year it was eight and I was like oh that's great value, but now it's like eight five. I mean it's still good value, but he did play him pretty consistently when he was fit and available. But 
I just feel like rotation in, in the central midfield outside of De Bruyne is just going to be like, I feel like Bilva should start playing there a little bit more because that's like why they bought him, right? I mean, they're going to have Mahrez in. Theory, yeah. And then, I mean, I guess the Jorginho shit's falling apart, but I just... I, I don't, You're not giving me any reasons right now. I'm not. I, I just don't want him, basically. Wow. Yeah, because I someone else really said Maximum Come, who's definitely written in before. Like, what a fucking name. He also wrote in, do you think Big Dick David is going to get slowly rotated out by Pep this season? That low price has me a little concerned. I, don't I mean, the price doesn't have anything to do with being rotated. But, I mean, he, what, he had 9-11 and 11 last year. I mean, he had good, like, points-to-minutes ratio or whatever. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, but... he basically had the same points-to-minutes ratio as Kev. And, yeah. and, like, historically has put up these kind of numbers pretty consistently you know like it wasn't like a huge year I don't know I I can't find any reason to like not go with him and not go with him over Kev also it's just you think the price I just he's a little more fragile it's just it's the same kind of thing it's just De Bruyne is like you can put it in the bank and lock up like lock it up Silva's like you'll ride him for six weeks. He like oh he's in fucking Spain or like oh he's like knocked. Or, I mean like, I'll you know? ride him until he's unfit. I mean like that's yeah. that's really what it is. I think he's just as safe like long term if he's if he's starting every week. Which I mean honestly like when I look at like Gundo and like Bilva and shit, I don't know like David is so a billion times better than either of them in my mind. And also, like, I feel like Gundo and maybe even Jorginho, like, Fernandinho is, like, the the old guy who's, like, not looking as good as them, you know, right now, especially after that Brazil game. Like, I don't know, I look at, like, Jorginho and Gundo, and I'm like, that's whose spot those, those guys are looking to take. Like, Dino, they don't, they don't have the yeah. creative ability of Dilva. Like, they can't do any of the things that Dilva can do. So, I don't know, I look at him and I'm just like, I have no reason why he's on nail. Like him and Pepper both fucking bald merchants. Like they're just they speak Spanish to each other. He has a fucking huge cock. Like I'm just like get the fuck in. Like he's just consistently amazing whenever he plays. And like yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm all in on David, but yeah, I think I your Sane shout like, is good too. I mean, he he was. I mean, because like Sane is a million more, but like Sane is the kind of player I can see like getting better. Like I don't think Dilva can like. Do better. I agree with that. That's so a like, fair point. But also, Sane to me is an actual rotation risk. Where I feel like Dilva's like not really. But who's going to play on the left though? Do they have anyone that can play his position? I don't know. Bilva, Mares, like Mares only plays on the right though, and and Bilva he he plays on the right. Like he cuts in, right? Yeah, I mean he does, but I I don't think those either of them are like incapable, or you don't buy them, you know. Yeah, but then it's yeah, but then it's the same thing. It's like De Bruyne and Gundo start and Dilvazot. Like everyone has that. Like you know, I think first choice definitely, but I think playing for rotation is a little bit tricky. But that's the other thing. I mean, maybe I'm just like tricking myself because I like psychologically want the more expensive guys, but I know I'm going to end up back with Dilva because <laughs> he's like cheaper and like like just as effective, like you're saying, but. Maybe I'm just like a little tired of having him. Right. It's a, it's very like sexy and fun to have like Sane who's like so young and exciting. But yeah. No, I know what you mean. But yeah, I mean Sane a million more than Dilv, like but like Dilva is just ugh, he trickles along, which is nice, but like I want the explosions. Yeah, I mean like that's a perfect example of like someone that I have had in since the start is Dilva. And 
part of that is like me having Salah, where I'm like, I'm never, ever going to captain this player. Ever. Not even going to ever consider it. So I always will go for the value there because I have my default captain in Salah. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, trickling is exactly what I want. I want like, you know, return every other game, like the occasional brace, the occasional brace of assists, and just like nailed, amazing, like good high involvement and the best team. That's yeah. like exactly what no, I want. No, I mean, Dova's a good pick. He, he's a, he's an objectively good pick, but I don't know. is fun. I mean, I, think, I still think De Bruyne is worth the extra. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Just because he's so nailed to a post. Like, there's no rotation risk whatsoever. I mean, he's the best player on the team. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best players in the world. Like, Dova's older and fragile, and he seems like he grimaces every time he gets subbed off at 70. He's got some problem. Yeah. So like De Bruyne to me is like Dilva, like you ride him until he breaks and then it's like you have to figure out what to do. And like with De Bruyne it's just like you put it in and you're finished. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. What do you think so, about Mendy? I, I just I don't know. He I don't know how the fuck he's not playing in the World Cup. He but, must still be hurt. I mean they sent him home. I, that's, he's like in Yeah, that's yeah. I saw something recently where he like returned to training or something, but terrif- it just terrifies me. I mean, granted the Champions League doesn't start up for a little bit, but I'd rather just wait and see. It, he could emerge and be, and nail himself and be able to be a workhorse, like you know, like a Walker or something. And he's going to be in every team because his attacking intent's so good. But I think it's just a little bit, a little bit too risky for uh, for me. I, I just I yeah, just we need we need to see like consistent minutes and fitness reports from preseason before you can get him. Yeah, I think definitely need some preseason info. But I mean, I've got a couple six million defenders in, so I mean, that's an easy one. But I have the structure for it. But as of this moment, I, I yeah, we just need to know more. I think. Yeah. But yeah. the midfield's interesting. Like, we know who's first choice more or less. I mean, with Mara's coming in, it'll be a little bit more confusing. But no, it's still Sane, Kuhn, Raz, Dilva, Kev, and Dina. Yeah, you're right. Probably. But I mean, I don't. I think you could still pick those guys and feel fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. What about Kuhn versus Jesus? Like, what you've had Kuhn from the absolute very start. Like, you're you're not worried at all about Jesus or rotation or anything. I mean, not really. Kuhn was playing when he was fit towards the end of the last season. He was scoring literally like every game for the last what twelve games or something. He wasn't like exploding, but he was just ticking and. Jesus doesn't really have goals in him. I mean, I don't know how many. He's obviously like twenty years old, but he runs his socks off. But you know, <laughs> you, I don't like Jesus. You know that. So yeah, I'm gonna always. Ha- I'm always gonna have that. Like I don't think he's that good. I just feel like Kuhn is complete world class finisher, which is what they need. You know, I just. I, I think Pep favors him for the number nine out and out. Like he had the experimentation with like two strikers and. I mean, maybe he's going to do that eventually with Jesus, but like Kuhn's just not the right partner for him. Mm-hmm. But the way the team is right now, they walked the league and scored 2,000 goals last season. Like, why the fuck would they put Jesus, who can barely finish a tap-in, over Kuhn, who has worldies in his locker? I just don't, yeah, I don't four, know why. four goal games in his locker. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I think Jesus is a much worse ver- version than Sterling, is basically kind of what I see. And I don't think that... Both of them like kind of do the same thing, or they want to do the same thing, sort of. And I just think Sterling's so much better; it's not close. So I don't know how he gets back in the team. I, I think there's going to be rotation because they're going to have five thousand games this season, like every other top four, every other Champions League team. 
But I, as long as Kuhn's first choice, then I'm fine if he misses a game every six or seven to be rested, you know? Because everyone is. Everyone's going to miss a game. Yeah, it does seem like whenever Kuhn was fit, especially second half of the season, he started. And he, he went on those sm- runs. Yeah. There was a small period where he came back from injury and he was on the bench for like a few games. And I was like, what the fuck's happening? And then well, he came back in and he started scoring for fun. Like he was injured at the very end of the season, right? I thought it was more in like the two third mark or something. Because yeah. didn't he go on a run where he was just scoring a goal every game, like between week like like twenty eight and like thirty five or something? I feel like I need to look back. I don't. Right, we'll get back in. This yeah, is we'll, we'll, not good content. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is just this is just reaction <laughs> is, pod. Like we said, this is not. What do you think? I mean, am pod. I being too down on like how much I hate Jesus, or do you think that Pep's going to genuinely like play Jesus up top and they're going to? Share time, like I just—that's what well, I'm I mean. I I rate Jesus if that's what you're asking me. I think he's really good, but I do think that the experiments of like the three-five-two and there was shit like that at the beginning of the season, like those never worked as well as when they were the best team in England by a lot. And I think that when they play with just one one central striker, I think Kuhn has been better and is probably first choice. I think I agree with you there. So when they're both fit, then yeah, Kimmy Kuhn. Like Kuhn, he's even in rotation risk seasons, he played under two thousand minutes. He scored twenty one goals and six assists. Like he's so good. He's just crazy good. He's just so good. Yeah. Um Let me see, we already we already talked about Tosun. We already talked about City. Electro Fire on Reddit said, "What is Emery's defensive structure like?" That's a difficult question. We need ours cast for that. Yeah, we need ours. <clears throat> I mean, I've read like four or five articles in the last few days about yeah. Emery, but I mean, it looks like he likes to press, press pretty high, and I don't know who's going to fit into that. Fit into that. I mean, he doesn't play with wing backs, and Bellerin doesn't play defense, so that's an issue. But the center backs are, I mean, Socrates is, is good, but I mean, I've been seeing Chambers, like he likes Chambers, probably because he has pace, but Mustafi is terrible. And Koscielny's can't, can't, probably still can't walk. He's still red flagged. He's been red flagged all along. Oh my God, he's still red flagged. <laughs> but, Holy but, shit. So like, I don't know, maybe Chambers are coming, but from what I, what I read, he just like presses and plays with back four and... I'm not sure. I don't know if the pressing, if they're going to be able to do like keep clean sheets kind of in the same style like Liverpool and City do by nature of possession and just like dominating games because they don't have the DMs. Like they don't have like Conte and they don't have like fucking good DMs who play defense. So I'm a little bit wary on their defense. Like I would have been more interested in Leno if there, if, if Carrius was like 5 5, then I would be looking right. at that for a few minutes. But right. spending like five on Kalasinak. Could be a thing if he gets in there for his choice, just because yeah. if he's so good in the final third, it's ridiculous. But I mean, for five-five into their defense, it just doesn't make sense to me because they just like—I don't know. But I, I don't—I don't know. I don't—I'm not sure. I, I, I don't—I haven't like watched a ton of like Seville and and PSG recently. And like PSG, what does that even mean? They're yeah, I was about to say PSG numbers. You can basically just throw out throw because out the they window, just walk yeah. the league, and it's a joke. But I don't know, Sevilla like. <laughs> also, it's tough to evaluate because they play in a league with like Barcelona, Real Madrid, and sort of Atletico, who's not that prolific, but still Atletico. And like, 
So how how realistically good is are, is their defensive record going to be? I don't know, but I do know that like I know this mostly because we bought Albi like Liverpool bought Albi Marino from his Sevilla teams, and he always plays with like very attacking fullbacks who return like a lot of goals and assists. So maybe someone like Kolasinac he would like. But yeah, it seems like it'll be four at the back, four two three one, most likely maybe four three three. Um, I don't think he ever really had good defensive records or like very good defensive records with Sevilla when he was there. So I don't know. Yeah, they're underpriced appropriately. I think like it's funny to me that Liverpool and Arsenal are priced like basically the same at defense. Um, that's just like comedy from FPL and being dumb and we actually shouted that on the postmortem pod I was like wow I hope that they're cheap and like FPL's going to be dumb and think Liverpool defense is still bad and, and well, I don't they, know, they though, pulled it off I think they just mispriced Carrius but I mean they did and price Lovren. the only two nailed options at six for Liverpool. Lovren too is nailed I mean, we know that, but I could see like people like, well, they have Matip, like who's going to start, like blah blah blah. But realistically, like, they they took the most common back four who went to a Champions League final and finished up four, and put Rabo and VVD both at six, and put Lovren and Trent at five, and put Matip, who's Lovren's competition, also at five, and Klein also at five. So, like realistically, they're saying like. There will be two nailed defenders at five, and but, keep and keeper the, at five. But that's assuming that I mean the right back position. Someone is nailed, and it's not a timeshare like Spurs fullbacks. Right, right, right. So I mean, I think they're they were hedging. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But <clears throat> a Kolasinac at five, though, like if he's in there, that's very interesting to me because I mean Arsenal kept thirteen last year. They were sixth in the division on clean sheets, like. Even if they duplicate that this year, if he plays every like all year, he's going to get a lot of points. Yeah, he so he's a shot for like three or four goals and like eight assists or something like crazy like that. Yeah, no, definitely could be in there, and so he's an interesting name. But I don't know, Monreal's still really good. I mean, he had an incredible season. He's he's great. So, but all in all, yeah, I'm, Arsenal's just the same thing as looking at those first two fixtures. New manager, like, don't know what's happening. I'm just like, ugh, they're not going to be that hard to transfer in. And I feel like it's just maybe a little bit more wise to see how they settle and then identify who you want for when their run starts, game week three, maybe. Yeah, OBS and shit are so good. And Mick at seven, so good. But yeah, it's. Starting yeah, with I'm, home city at Chelsea is just so brutal. Yeah, it's it's bad. I'm like a little worried about Ozil too because I've seen some things about like he likes Ramsey a lot and depend. I mean, if they play four three three, if Ozil's playing on the left, like that's not good for him. So I don't know if he's going to be like in there like first thing on the team sheet like usual. I feel like it's got to be a four two three one and Ozil at number ten. I mean, if that's the case, like then it's I want Ozil. Got to be. I wanna, then I, I got to get him in there. Yeah, no, I I think. I would absolutely get Ozil in if that's the shape. But I don't know. Rambo is always a shout. Like, if he just. I mean, 7 5. Yeah. His points set, per minutes last year were up there, like top five in the fucking game. He just was didn't play any minutes because he's always he's Rambo. Because he's Rambo. But yeah, I mean, he's he's got everything in his locker for fantasy returns. He just needs to be so, nailed so down selfish. and fit. And that might be yeah. the case. He's so selfish. I'm like, good. <laughs> just volleys from every worst angle imaginable, but sometimes they go in, so that's good. 
Um, this last question is very confusing. I'm just going to say it, and if you know what I'm talking about, then answer it. If not, I'll delete this. I'd love to hear you talk about team price structure from Relatively Coffee on Reddit. This is something I've been thinking about since last season. I found myself unable to bring in players I wanted. Rather than just trying to find good players and good value, thinking more in terms of slots. A 5-5 a five, five to 6 million defender, a 5 defender, a couple 4-5s, an 11 striker, an 8 to 9 striker, etc. Do you think of your teams in these terms? If so, how concrete are they? Or do you just think cheap striker, do you value in mind? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I understand completely. It's like it, I don't, I don't t- understand. So, I mean, basically, what he's looking at is like strip the names away from the players and look at them as pure commodities and what their prices are, I and see. then look at the positions and say like, okay, how much do I want to spend on each slot? So, I see, I see, I see, I see. So, you know, like in defender, like how many six million defenders do you want? Knowing that you know if you're within point five of like Alonzo or whatever, like do you want two of those players? Do you want one of those players? Like. How many, like, do you want two premium strikers and one fodder? Like, do you want one premium, one mid-price, one fodder? Like, that kind of thing. Like, right, right, right. I, I very much look at my team when I'm tinkering in both lights of, like, the structure of the actual players who I'm like, these are fucking good players. Like, Alonzo's fucking good. Robbo's fucking good. Like, Van Dyke's fucking good. But I'm also thinking about, like, if one of them sucks, what am I going to do? Or like, if I have two premium midfielders in the nine million bracket, and then I have a seven million midfielder, and then I have two four fives, if all of a sudden like a few midfielders pop up, like what am I going to do? Am I going to be too? Am I am I going to be backed in a corner where I have to either take hits or like restructure like violently? So that's kind of like what we've talked about in the past about being flexible. About you know you have players in all different price brackets, like Aguero eleven, great. Like I can go to Ob at a free transfer a moment's notice whenever I want. But if I had, you know, fucking Murata, Tosun, and Zaha, then I'm a hit away from any premium striker. Like that is maybe not so good. So I think you need to balance both like keeping flexibility, but also liking all the players in your team because ultimately the players are what returns you the points, not how much they cost. Love that. Beautiful question, beautiful answer. Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard because, because that's, it's important, especially with like midfield, I think, because. They price players in like almost tiers of like, there's the 10 plus, which are just like the most expensive guys, whatever. But then there's like this year, it seems like there's a lot of six, five, seven, five guys, like a lot. It's funny. Pogba's the only 8 million in the game. They did the same thing last year with like, Tadic was like the only 7 million player or something. It's anyway. But I've seen a lot of teams with like three, like with like Ramsey, Jota, and like Walcott. And then, and I'm like, that's going to be a problem because there are only six total players at that price bracket, really, that you're looking at. And you need half of them to be good. Whereas realistically, like they're all punts. So only one or two of them are going to come good. So, like, that one is two, the kind one of, or two max. Max. That's what, so, like, that's the kind of price point where it's like you maybe want to taper yourself and just have one. Like, also with the seven million forwards. So, like, Zaha, Tosun, and Arnie, all 7 million. I've seen two of them in a lot of teams, and I was playing around with that, but this structure is the reason why I don't have that now, because I'm just like, I need two of these three to hit, and I do not feel very confident that that's going to happen. And there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go but up from there. You cannot go down from the 7 million price bracket. So, I'd be looking at both a hit and restructuring my formation. So, like, that's a problem. So, having like, I have the 7 million, a 9, and 11, like, now I have all little areas covered. 
I can shift around with like Firmino and stuff and like the Tosun bracket, the Kuhn bracket, like that's where you want to be. So it's, it's, it, it adds another layer to like the puzzle and it's just really cool, I think. Yeah, that's really cool. I think it'd be yeah. fun actually to like, as you tinker even like, or as we get maybe really closer to the, to the season and we're like more locked in with our teams, maybe we make a little like chart or something where it's like, who are the forwards that are like, or whatever position, like similarly priced, like within 0.5 of, of this guy that I'm on the fence of. And if it's like, you like the names that you're seeing in that range, then like, it's probably an okay pick because you can always go straight to, to someone else. And if you don't, then like, and you're questioning the spot, then that's just a good way of like narrowing it down and being like, yeah, this is, this is probably a bad pick and I shouldn't go there. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is like, you still have to balance the risk. Like if you like the guys and you just want to back yourself and go for it, then obviously go, go on. Cause there will be a ton of value in whichever of those six, five million midfielders fire. Um, and that's totally fine too. But you know, just being aware of the risks is, 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 it's just nice to just have more information and, and be considerate when you're making your decision. Yep. It's going to be like we make like a flow chart, like those T-shirts with like the arrows in the boxes, and then it's just going to be like, "Did you Captain Sala?" And the answer is no. It's going to be like an arrow back to like remade, redo your team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, we should actually like make that shirt. That is brilliant. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. I mean, that's all the questions. I feel like we just fucking like properly went in. We're almost we're clocking like an over an hour and a half right now, so we're looking good. Okay. Um, you want to just do our current tinkers now just for fun and just talk about them for a sec and then wrap up? Yeah, you go, go ahead. My goalkeepers are Ederson and a 4 Um, I had Mendy for a while, but ah, it's just so fucking sketchy and like felt weird. So I had Mendy and Karius and I just swapped that for Ederson and Lovren and give, that gives me 0.5 extra in the bank also. So that felt okay. Um, my five defenders as of now are Ward on Burnley, TBD, Aberdeen, Lovren, Alonso, Young, and Vertonghen. So Lovren, Young, and Vert all in the World Cup. That's something that you brought to light and probably needs rectifying. But basically, just thinking heavy about... Heavy defense. Like, yeah, heavy as fuck, covering every top team, just... Starting with a 150 point lead over everyone who doesn't have one of these slots is, like I said at the beginning of the pod, like kind of what I'm thinking. It feels very like safe and good to me. And um, this is also like with structure, right? There are like a thousand guys at six million or five million like, guys. Defense. So like you could go like PVA, like Coleman. Like there's just yeah. so many guys. I so mean, like, like, that's say, why like the- Chelsea are a fucked up mess, and Conti quits two weeks into the season, and they're not keeping cleans. It's like there's actually a billion guys I could turn Alonso into or yeah. or Young or Lovren or Vert. Yeah, it's just it's very, very flexible defenders and they're the best value position in the game. Like points per million is what I mean when I say value. Um midfield, so I had Salah, so that's obviously like just blind armband on him. I have Dilva, like I said. I have Kaita, who we didn't talk about at all. Um, new Liverpool midfielder for those who don't know. Um, and then I have two bench guys, which would be Kearney. Fucking, <laughs> I think you're the one who told me about him, or Nate or something. Tom Kearney uh, on Fulham. On, I love the little Cairns. I mean, he's five mil Fulham pen. Like, yeah, he's on pens. He's like their captain, leader, legend, yeah. like whatever. And then I, have, I just have a four or five in there for now. And then my forwards, I guess I should talk about Kaita. I mean, He's seven five. 
I think he's been putting up pretty regular returns of like just under 10 goals, 10 assists in Bundesliga for Leipzig in the past two seasons. I mean, he missed some time with like red card suspensions and injuries and stuff, but like that's like good. That's not great. (laughs) But those are like the rates of return he's getting is around like 10 and 10. And that's on a team like Leipzig who scores like literally half the amount of goals as Liverpool. Um, Also, and I got a shout out FFS, which is like abnormal for me, but someone there wrote an article about like how good Kaita is going to be on bones. And I think there's just spot on. Like he's just one of those guys, like we were talking about, like Pogba, Ericsson, whatever, like central midfielders who Kaita is like incredibly good at like tackling, interceptions, dribbling by people, creating chances, all those things. So, when you look at someone like Grob, who obviously was like way underpriced in hindsight last season, and now is like pretty accurately priced at seven, like he got a ton of bonus points on not that many returns. And I just feel like Kaita coming into this team, he'll be nailed on potential more returns than he's ever had at Bundesliga, and just like king of bonus, especially with like how bad Salon Mane are on bones. I just think like. Seven five for him is insanely good value, so that's why I went there. Um, and then my forwards as of now are Aguero, Giroud, and a four five. So my oh, one non-playing oh, player is basically my my third forward, who's just worthless. Yeah. So I mean, you just have like half of the World Cup squad. Yeah, I have so many World Cup players in my team. So that that needs to change. But Giroud, I, I mean, like I just think Chelsea and general like forwards I mean other than Hazard I think their forwards and midfielders are basically all underpriced um, Yeah, because they had a and down then, year and they're fucked up and no one knows who their manager is going to be or what system they're going to be or what's going on but like 9 for Marat is ridiculous 8 for Giroud if it's still Conte were to assume that Giroud's first choice is ridiculous I mean there's there's potential a lot of value there in Chelsea attackers so that's they I'm also, at. I mean, if they pull an Arsenal and play a truly play a B team because they want to try and get back in the Champions League in Europe, then I mean, they're out of Champions League. They haven't had that in a while. So, and the last time they had that was Conte's first year, yeah. and they won the league yeah. by yeah. a lot. Yep. So that's. Uh, but, but I mean, realistically, though, you you like that structure, though, right? Like, I've been loving like four starting defenders or five starting defenders. Like, I've just. Cool. And I think, like I said with the Salah rant earlier in the pod, I think it's a lot of it is predicated on like I'm a lot of my budget, 13% of my budget is on one player. And right. so elsewhere, I need to find value. That's my most important thing versus like often I feel like in a normal season, you're looking for like you kind of build your team around like a few heavy hitters and captaincy options. I'm building my team the opposite way where I'm. Basically committing to one captain option and everywhere else I just want value. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good job. Good job by you. What much you, more what? to come. Yeah, my, pff, so much more to come. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking joke. <laughs> my team's gonna be completely different on next pod a week from yeah. now. Next um, pod, it's like fifteen new friends. Yeah, exactly. What do you what are you on right now? Um so I have Carius Borch combo still with with Loris of the uh, the Lettuce Hand Tribe. Yes. And I've got Robbo, Van Dyke, Treble, Liverpool defense right oh now. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I have to like come in with our first FBL pod with the Treble defense because it's just on brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got Alonzo and Tony V as well. And then I have James Tompkins. 
my four or five little fodder guy. Crazy that he's um, four or five. Yeah, it's a little bit silly. He's always hurt though, so it's going to be a problem. But I mean, four or five, he's he's a good guy. That's yeah. too bad. Mom, mom is a five, but yeah. yeah. Um, I have Erickson, Sane in uh, nine five slots, and then I have Jota, the uh, Diogo. Absolutely love this kid. He's just like so sexy. And wolves are fucking good. The fixtures aren't like great, but. Main man kind of plays very far forward, involved in a lot of what wolves do. I just I watched like thirty minutes of videos about him the other day, and he's just ugh, he's so fucking good. So I mean, he's six five, and I'm gonna punt on some fucking six five guy. I mean, he's just like the soup for me right now. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure if I'll have him at the end. I mean, I'll have to see what's going on with wolves in preseason, but. I'm definitely going to probably be in there with a six-five. Yeah, definitely, probably. Good job, man. <laughs> uh, but like you know, Jota or like Feo, or maybe it's a seven-five. I don't know. I mean, I could go seven-five and go Dilva with Sane, something a little flexy. There, it's just but. the soup counter, like whatever you're in <laughs> oh, the yeah. mood for. The ladles are about, and you can just pop in whatever whatever soup you want. Yeah, I was like, you have an orange kit. I need some color diversity in my team. You're in. Good call. And then the the front line, I have Kuhn. Murata and Tosin. Murata. Yeah, man. Murata. I think I think Murata's a real pick. And people are probably I mean, gonna shit on us for that, but I expect shit all over me. But the thing that I was like keep I, you told me about Murata you said Murata's name and I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I mentioned about? him to you like yesterday or something. Yeah. yeah. And okay, first of all, Alonzo. Alonzo is like Ericsson. It's it's pretty ridiculous. If Conte's still there and he does the same bullshit he does every year, I mean Alonso is just like a top three defender every year. Like he shouldn't be six five. He should be seven. And it's just such good it's value. Ridiculous. It. It's ridiculous. Like, I mean, he hit the bar like three times last year. Like he's he's just he scored the same amount of points as Son, Ali, Hazard, Dilva, Gra, more than Alexis, yeah. Mane, Millie. Like he's ridiculous. Like he's and it's like just I hold him for the season because you're not going to be able to transfer him in. Granted, if Sari comes in and he goes to a back four, I mean, he's straight out of my team. Straight out, couldn't be straight more out. out. Yeah, but I mean, I don't feel like Chelsea are going to be very good to start the season. But I also ha- can talk myself into a world where they're just gangbusters. But I mean, they're going to be missing Conte, which is a little troublesome. But anyway, Alonso just like kind of came around on him and just like, why would I not have him? That's stupid. Murata, he was a ten five last year. There was a point in, in time last season when he was in pretty much everyone's team. I mean, he had his ups and downs. He had as much of an up and down season as you could possibly do. Yep. But he still had like decent numbers. He still had some decent performances. I think he learned a lot and figured out what he's going to have to do to be better this year because I don't think he wants to just lie on the grass again all year like he did this <laughs> past. So like but nine yeah, I mean, is just like game week- nine is just good value like. It's he, not that expensive. Yeah, like he's the only good attacker on any of the top like six teams, like good forward or striker who's price nine. I and mean, Laka. Like yeah, yeah, I mean, him and Firmino is, is a difficult one. I, and Lacazette, we didn't talk about, and we will. I mean, Lacazette 9 5 is also in the same like bracket, but like Morata could score 25 goals. There's 0% chance Firmino can score 25 goals. So, I mean, I'm going right, 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 for right. like that kind of upside. And he's really just the focal point. So, I don't know. I, I'm going to let it sit and simmer. But, you know, if he looks good in preseason and like Chelsea are back to like doing whatever shit, like 
their fixtures at the beginning of the season are, are pretty good. Um, they're pretty good. I mean, they have Huddersfield, Bournemouth, Cardiff, West Ham in the first six. Those are all really good attacking games. So I think Morata's an interesting diff. And I just feel like going treble Liverpool defense is also a very interesting thing to do. Yeah, I mean, in terms of value, buzzword value, like it's it's hard to beat Carius and Lovren, and then Rabo's just great. Like he's. Just I have Van Dyken. Oh, you have EVD. You don't even have yeah. Lovren. Why? No, I, I went because it's just more secure. I mean, because oh, World Cup. You're saying World Cup, and also just full stop, like season long. I'm not worried about Van Dyke like dying for two months. Like he's he's just a rock, right? And he's got he's due. But Liverpool last season also, just to note, I mean, I'm going to look at this up because I'm interested in it, but last season, United first with 19 clean sheets, City second with 18, Liverpool third with 17. I've been hearing Liverpool's defense is bad for years, and I don't know how many cleans they kept when Van Dijk came in. Like, It felt like they were keeping cleans at like a 70% clip. Van Dijk had eight cleans. I don't know how many out of how many starts he had, but I just feel like they could... They could push United for league lead and cleans, especially with like Fabinho, so much more athleticism in midfield. I just feel like and they, Kaita, they, yeah, and Kaita. I mean, they just they've got they've added a lot and Van Dyke full. Se- I just I I'm, I like that. So the main thing is like if I'm not going to get Salah, I don't think that Mane's great value at nine five, and I like Morata enough, similarly to Firmino, that pouring it all into defense gives me a lot of value there. So I mean, it's obviously terrifying to not have an attacker, but just something to pl- I'm playing around with right yeah, now. Yeah, so it's a little it crazy to not have an attacker, but it's interesting. It's definitely. But then interesting. It's because that's the thing that I, that I kept thinking about with Liverpool attack. If I'm not going to have Salah, the only real reason is for coverage, and we know we've shat on coverage forever. Because mm-hmm. I, yeah. I just I I like Firmino at nine five. Don't get me wrong, but. Like when he's close enough to other options, who I like a little more, like the eleven. Like I would rather than try and find one and a half to get to eleven to get Aubameyang or something. Like you know, I don't feel like at nine five, I'm never going to captain him. He's like going to represent great value. I think he's fine. He'll definitely score a lot of points and he'll definitely earn the price. But I'm just kind of looking around to be a little more different there, just because I I, I like the the triple defense there. Yeah, and also like I, I feel like I'm just I'm going to need to like look this up to back it up also, but. Like when you have Firmino and or Mane, I don't feel like you're covering anything in the t- in the sense of like Salah is over fifty percent owned, but I'm okay. I have Firmino, like I won't get burned too much. In the same way that like if you have Ericsson, like you can cover a lot of Kane's points. It's just they don't work like that. There's just a lot of goals. Like they're gonna probably score around or similar to as many goals as Man City this season, and like. It's it's you're just not covering anything. There's no like focal point type of person like Erickson who's like always on the ball. It's just like who scores scores and who doesn't isn't involved. And I don't know. So yeah, I'm I'm saying like I agree with you that like just getting Firmino just for coverage or just getting Mane because you can't afford Salah but you want coverage is maybe not the best way to do it. Yeah, especially because I mean, Salah. It's really two Salahs. It's not one. It's it's your your two guys plus whoever you captain versus you know. Because Salah's always capped. So yeah, yeah. So. interesting, interesting. All right, this is let's go. Let's get out of here. This yeah, is let me one. slap a few asses and wrap up. So we got Simon Mitchell, Matt Newbold, Mike D- D Pietro. Good guys. Thanks for signing up. Patreon.com/slash/mlpl. Check us out. 
at FMLFail.com. Follow us on Twitter at FMLFail. Support us at Patreon.com. Slash FMLFail. 